3: The nation holds its breath. Remember those famous words, George Hamilton, World Cups. Oh, we're such a distance from a World Cup, even a European Championship. But tonight, France come calling to Dublin. The runners-up in the World Cup recently thrashed Holland 4-0 a few days back and we struggled to a 3-2 win over Latvia. Can we do it tonight? Oh, my, my, wouldn't it be some result to beat France in Dublin tonight? Am I dreaming... But you have to dream. You just have to dream and hope that'll happen. Yes, the big game tonight, Ireland against France, European Championship qualifier, sold out, Lansdowne Road or Aviva Stadium, whatever you call it, and we will be glued. And we wish them well this evening. And thank you for joining us once more for a brand new week of late lunch. Hope you had a lovely, lovely weekend. Well, Louise, my weekend began in style on Friday evening because I went back to the circus for the first time in years. Wow. Yes, I did. It It was fantastic. And the reason we went, you see, Ava, one of my grandchildren, my oldest grandchild, is eight today. And we asked her last week, what would you like to do for her birthday? She says, I've never been to a circus. Gang, gang, as she calls me. And I said, well, let's go. And Circus Gerbola was in Drona, and the timing was perfect. Well, you know something, Louise. It just brought me back. You know how much I love circus yeah. myself. I always have my whole life because you see, I grew up on the North Road in Drogheda and for people who know Drogheda, the Gaelic grounds are there and that was the place where the circus always came every year to the Gaelic grounds. And being children of the area, we were out at cockro meeting the circus as it arrived, helping Duffies and Fawcettes and Courtney's to put their tents up. Hoping to
4: get free passes. We got free passes. <laughs> so we
3: hadn't a shilling to go to the circus. We got free passes. That was the thing about it. So it was. But I've always... Always had a massive love of circus, but it's years since I've been. Last time was with my own children when they were small.
4: That long? That long ago. Right. And so guess there was what? There were
3: big changes. <laughs> well, there's been big changes in the circus world for sure. But that night, can I tell you what happened that night? I might have said it here before. Um, I went with them, and it was Fawcett Circus, and they looked for a volunteer from the audience to go onto the wheel that they spun round and threw knives at. And guess who? <laughs> guess who?
4: Did you volunteer? I did. You an Egypt? <laughs>
3: A <laughs> story being
4: picked I'll, I'll and saying, you. "Come on, get out!" I'll but to you. volunteer,
3: but you know me, big circus guy, and then when I got on the wheel. Well, I won't tell you. It's not that I was afraid. But anyway, nothing happened to me. They looked after me real well. I think my children were screaming in the audience, thought I was going to have a knife fired through me somewhere, but it didn't happen. But it's way back then was the last time, really. But circus, I just love it. What about you? Were you a circus person? Did you go when you were a child?
4: I went, yeah, as a child. I remember there was a particular night, there was um, a circus. I'm not too sure which one. It was up in Black Castle outside Navan. Yeah. And we all went up to it. And just there was animals back then in yes. it as well but um i love the candy floss and the mm. whole atmosphere of going in yes. and then the circus master comes out and mm, brilliant. it's just- it was just one of those experiences that we all had as children, I think.
3: Well, I'll tell you, my hands are still sore, all the clapping I did the other night and the cheering. I was like a child myself. Mm. Never mind Ava. Miriam was with us too. We had a we had a great evening and we just loved it. And I have to say, if you get a chance to go and see Circus Giobolo, make sure you do. And just reminding everybody, they're in Navin this week from the 29th until the 2nd of April and standing by to have a chat me because I didn't introduce myself till the very end the other night. I've spoken to her before on Late Lunch. Tara Gerbola, hello again.
2: How are you? Good afternoon and thanks for coming to the show.
3: <laughs> not at all. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And you know what I'm going to say to you and I'm saying to listeners again, Tara? Do you know the way Like animals are not part, really, of circus? Now, it, it, not being disrespectful, but we didn't miss them.
2: Yeah, you were saying that to me there the night um, you were down with us there in Drogheda, but uh, unfortunately we do miss them. It's not a case that we can't, we just can't have wild animals anymore, but I tell you one thing, our lives are a lot easier because as you know, anybody that has animals out there, they're 24-7, you know, they're hard Mm. work. But um, yeah, I mean, some people do comment on it, and some people don't. So yes, you know, it's 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 just uh, the way things have gone. They I are. Mean, It's like you, you know, going down and you know, reminiscing there and nostalgia, going down to the field there at, uh, in Drawheda and trying to help up, mm. help uh, with the setup. I mean, we don't see that type of thing anymore either. Yes, you know. Um, mm. So it has changed. It has changed mm. in many ways. But, yeah, we had a great run in Drogheda. And as you said there, thanks very much for having all this week, our hometown. Um, we're just based out here in Abbracken so yeah we're very lucky
3: Yeah so you're on the race course in Navin this week from the 29th until the 2nd but I think it's a real testament to you and the way you've adjusted as well like I have to say the high wire acts, the trapeze, the clowns, the juggling the acrobatics, the motorbikes Tara you have put on such a show and you know the thing about it Tara it's in the flesh, it's live, it's real it's brilliant may I say
2: it, it Well, I tell you, I can't argue um, with live entertainment of any kind. Mm. Um, there's just something about it um, that will always be. And I think no matter how the world changes in the future with regards to circus, and we've seen many changes... Over the years, my mother-in-law got and father-in-law horse-drawn caravans, and and now what we have now, and um, you know the way everything has evolved. But particular for us, um, but yeah, I mean, uh, I I think that's our saving grace. I hope, anyway, that the fact that we'll always, you know, it's a live form of entertainment, and that's one of the things I think that is kept us going through all these years mm. you know, um, people have left but they've come back and I think it's because of the nostalgia you know, they want memories with their kids of, mm. you know, whether it was in Drogheda, uh, you know, yesterday or wh- whatever, traipsing through the mud but, you know, they'll always have that memory of going to the circus and being picked out or um, you know, something happening so I think it's 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 part of our culture really Um yeah circuses it really is and um, it's great to, ha-
3: to have that you know. Mm. And, and I have to say my granddaughter Ava is talking about it still she just loved it it was her first ever circus and that's what she wanted for her birthday and it was really lovely to be able to take her along and be with her there to experience it. You talk about where you were there uh, outside Droghan, and you have a, a lovely pitch this week on the race course in Navin. Do you go to the, back to the same places each year? Is it difficult to get places to pitch the tent or is it straightforward it's, it's enough.
2: Oh, it's difficult. It's always difficult. Um, you know, because sites are constantly being built on or there's a shopping center or um, something. So yeah, c- uh, sites are always changing. Um, it's it's very hard. Uh it's it's always been our nemesis really to, uh, trying to get sites. Um and um, we're ju- we're just constantly it's it's one of our main Battled really is is trying to to get sites that are suitable, um um you know visible and that people know obviously because it's all about location, um you know and an awful lot of sites of of you know marked sites that we would operate on, GAAs, they've sold they've gone further out of town, you know so there's a lot of that so it's but more or less we try to stick to the same. Sites at the same time of year because sort of people go to a circus maybe once a year if they're lucky. And, um, you know, we're trying to, uh, well, we know Circus Jabola is coming to Navan this week, for example. So, you know, that's our treat, you know. Um, mm. so that's the sort of the way we work it, and it seems to have worked so far. So, um, yeah, I mean, we've only started out our season. We started out there in Mullingar last week. The weather hasn't been on our side, unfortunately, but that's just the nature of it, you know. Oh,
3: <laughs> yeah, I felt sorry for the other night because the weather's been just brutal, so it has. But listen, mm-hmm. uh, the sawdust, the mud, everything is part and parcel of it. It's an experience and everyone should enjoy it. What about your acts? You have an international troupe with you, and I have to say to mm-hmm. everybody, they just don't perform. Everybody mucks in mm-hmm. and they have mm-hmm. to muck in. There's no mm-hmm. doubt about that. Is it, is it, come to getting the axe and changing your axe year on year or keeping axe with you? How does that work?
2: it's it's quite difficult to get the balance right and sometimes we get it right and sometimes we don't, you know, and it's like everything. It's a question of um, budget and, um, you know, I, I, I do all that end of it as in booking the artists and liaising with them and what way we want the show to be that year this, in a particular year, particular season. So it's... It, I'm at it 24-7, I'll be honest with you, even for next season already. Um, But we are so lucky this year and last year. We had a great uh, great, uh, set of crew with us. And, you know, they give it their all every day. They know their job. They know that whether it's raining or wind or whatever or whatever is going on in their lives, like you or I, they still have to go out there you know, it's you know they they still go out there. They do their job. They do the best and give it 100% every day. And you know, we're so grateful to them because they absolutely are a fantastic crew. We've people from Argentina, we've people from Brazil, we've people um, from the Ukraine, we've some Irish. So all nationalities, really. You know.
3: Yeah, it's a lovely mix. I have to say, we love your clowns. We we love your clowns, Tara. Oh, my God. I thought one of the clown segments there, the guy with the whistle. Tara, I was in knots. He's brilliant.
2: He's absolutely great. Now, my husband usually performs. He's, he's a clown there. But unfortunately, yesterday, he had a, a terrible back injury and was out of action. So, mm. I, um, but look, that's just the way it is. But, um, yeah, I mean... It, uh, you know, we're very lucky, very blessed to have that mix. And it's it's a very um, lively show, I would mm. say.
3: Oh, it certainly is. It really, really is. Putting up the big top, come back to the tent. You say that, you know, when we were kids, we were the place where the circus came and we loved to be there early morning as the different yeah. circuses arrived in and gave them a hand. Is it more straightforward putting up the big top today?
2: Well, there's a lot more machinery involved, I yeah. suppose. But it, it's, you know, there's still... Um, a certain amount of getting uh, you know, physical work that has to be done Um, I mean, you know, you wouldn't see years ago, even I remember in my time when I was younger there'd be children, there'd be people coming down looking for some casual work, that you know, even if that was to happen in this day and age, you you would say no because of insurance and all of the other things that go with it. So that's, you know, that's sad, really. Um, You know, um, but, uh, you know, our hands are tied on that one. But there is, I mean, there's a huge amount of work involved. Um, You know, the technical side, I mean, people see the two-hour show, as you know, but but that's just a very small part of it, to be quite honest with you. It's... um, it's it's relentless in that way, you know, because of the way we uh, continually operate every week. Um, so there's a huge amount of maintenance and my husband would do a huge amount of that um, and building and just trying to improve it. Like yes. um, you're just constantly trying to improve it and raise the bar. Um mm you know so um
3: and the health and safety is a huge aspect of it so we could see that even looking around the other night it's a tough business i was saying that to you as i I said goodbye to you uh, the other night this isn't easy
2: no it isn't it's you know it really isn't and i have three children 18 16 and a 12 year old and they work very hard there you might have seen them um and it and it's it isn't an easy business. I I I won't lie. <laughs> you know, I won't lie. I think um, sometimes I question myself. Even sometimes, why am I doing this? <laughs> yes. But, you know, um, you you go through those stages because um, you know you you don't know anything else. Basically, I mean, you know, I've I've had worked in. Cash office in Tesco's, and I've had normal jobs, and that sort of made us realise that it wasn't the right lifestyle for us because it essentially is a lifestyle, and it's not for everybody. And um, you know, it's it's yeah, it's it's full on. It's hard. You try and work your best. Work as a team. and we have great laughs you know we have great there's great camaraderie and there's great friendships and there's all of those things you know um, and it's a joy at night time when they're finished you know when we're Mm. all finished after a day all the kids go in we've a lot of small families and my own kids and all of that and they go in and they just hang out and they practice and they um it, it's it's just natural for them, you know yes. they'll get to play in the net of the flying trapeze, and it's just normal it's it's you know they think nothing of it you know mm. um so i mean it's it really is a fabulous um Way for a child to grow up, really, mm. um, and, uh, you know, to have that and to have every nationality from very early age,
3: you know. Oh, know, that's Absolutely. great. And there was that little child. Well, was, she was a little child once, Isabella, as you said, yeah. uh, at the end of the show up, practicing herself. And that was the little girl that you and I talked about mm-hmm. when you delivered her on the side of the road a few moons ago.
2: That's right. 12 years ago, she yes. was the third baby born in January and um, we didn't make it to the hospital, as you know, and we diverted quite frantic- frantically to to Blanchardstown Hospital and obviously not a maternity hospital, but they, they put a little hat on her. And the hat said Little Star. Well, it couldn't be more apt, to be quite honest with you. <laughs>
1: well, a little
3: Star is right, and a star in the making. When you mentioned there that it's tough, I have to say I always think of the song and it's playing in my head. Freddie Mercury the show must go on mm-hmm. and really, nice moment. yeah isn't mm-hmm. a truer word no, nothing <laughs> truer is right well look lovely to meet you again last week and uh, I thoroughly enjoyed the show and reminding listeners again that Circus Gerbola is in Navan at the race course 29th of this month that's this week the 29th of March to the 2nd of April and then Minot mm-hmm. the 5th to the 10th of April is the the next stop then and you can book tickets online it's all there all of the information
2: for online to book and can I just say that one of my sons there, Michael Gerbola, he goes to school in Dunjockland he won a portrait award uh, with his art teacher there and it's actually hung in the gallery there in Drogheda and it's a portrait of his dad and his granddad, and wow. it's an absolutely beautiful piece and um it was uh, presented uh, Robert Bala, the renowned horseman uh, yes. artist there um, he was in attendance so we were lovely. proud of him yeah.
3: so that's in the Highlands Gallery in Drahada great, thank you, thank yeah. you indeed Tara, yeah, truck on mm-hmm. keep her going, keep her lit thanks thank for joining you. me today
2: <laughs> <laughs> pleasure, God take care you of yourself,
3: bye bye that's uh, Tara Gerbola there the life of a circus person, it's in the blood isn't it Funny thing, Louise, just listening to Tara there, that what I was talking about and my memories of childhood and greeting the circus and helping out couldn't happen now because yeah. of health and safety, it just wouldn't mm. be possible anymore.
4: Am I right in saying you had a uh, few visitors in the back garden
3: <laughs> from a circus years ago? Am I? Well, you see, one day in late lunch many moons ago when Deirdre Hurley was here, we were talking about what was the strangest thing that ever showed up in your back garden? And of course, I said to Deirdre, an elephant. <laughs> And she said, nonsense, an elephant in your back garden. Genuinely, we woke up one morning and there was an elephant in our back garden. And the reason was we lived in the North Road, big long garden backed onto the GAA grounds where the circuses came. And there was a circus there and they had animals at the time. And unfortunately, the house next door at the fence had broken down and there was a gap in the hedge and of course the elephants were looking for anything they could chew on <laughs> so the elephant made its way there. and my children looked at it and said Dad, Dad look what's in the back garden <laughs> there was an elephant in the back garden honest to God as God may strike me dead an elephant in the back garden I bet you nobody didn't
4: leave did... any presents did it
3: oh it did of course and then oh. I used it to put on the tomatoes <laughs> I used what they left behind to was there a lot fertilise oh well an elephant does a big yeah. S-H-I dot T, as you can imagine yes I used it so I did but you know th- that actually happened and, and when you think about those times uh, the, oh, the children went mad but the, it was in the gancher wandered out then and back out to the, they were looking for it anyway but when you think of the circuses had tigers lions mm, yeah. elephants oh the my. horse <laughs> troops you know what I mean the horse troops and, and like that was part and parcel of, of, of as Tara was saying there of circus life and I remember the big British circuses coming to Drogheda Chipperfields mm. famous name Billy Smart Circus they all came and stayed up our neck in the woods and we just loved it and we got passes Teddy Fawcett the late great Teddy Fawcett would always look after you would pass us to the show and he loved children being involved but it couldn't happen today that's the changed world we live in it's as simple as that but
4: but as you said, you didn't miss the animals. You well, know, the, and, and. The other
3: night we came out and we said that. We yeah. just didn't. You know, we did not miss them. The show was such a. a it's
4: amazing. W- it's a, like I was at a circus in, with Gerbola and Duffy's last year in Slane. Yeah. And just the acts were
3: just amazing. Oh, they're incredible people. The high wire and no mm. net under them. Now, the, when the trapeze went up. They stretched the net, of course. The trapeze was unbelievable, so it was. But you know, they're such gutsy and brave people, and it's, it's in them. It really is in them. And I encourage people go and support the circus when it comes. It's just, it's something unique. Go it's something into the different. ring if you're called. Don't volunteer. <laughs> well, there were a few people. Uh, frog marched in the other night, and I was praying. Look at me head down. Please don't. No, no, no. Oh, you I, didn't
4: volunteer this no, time. No, I didn't. No, no sorry, no. I
3: didn't. I just tried to keep my head down and then just enjoyed the show for sure. <laughs> My next guest is a good friend of ours on Late Lunch. I've spoken to her on a number of occasions down the years and she's back with me today for a reason which we're going to hear about in a minute. She's a brilliant social media consultant. Samantha Kelly, hello again.
5: Hello, Jerry. Thanks a
3: million for having me. Not at all. And the reason we're talking is you're out and about talking about something completely different to your work and uh, your expertise. A feature about people who've given up alcohol and stopped drinking. Look, take us back, will you, uh, to yourself prior to 14 years ago, before 2009. You enjoyed a bevy or two, did you?
5: Oh, I did. I did. And I really enjoyed it a little bit too much. Um, And I noticed it was affecting others around me and myself as well, obviously. And I just decided one day I didn't want to do it anymore because it wasn't I wasn't like a normal person. Like, I mean, if I had one drink, I always wanted more, you know, Mm. Um, most people can just enjoy a drink or two. And I couldn't once I tasted it. And that was it. A flick to switch me. And I just wanted more and more. So, yeah. um, So I'm almost I'll be 15 years uh, sober actually on 1st of June
2: Good so, on you, know, you.
5: It's, Thank you but you know it's it's only because I, I go to meetings, I get support and stuff but you know um, it really was interesting you know how a lot of my friends that I thought I had at the time just disappeared when mm. I stopped drinking mm.
3: And this is why we're talking today because you really discovered, it brought it home to you that were they really friends at all Samantha?
5: Exactly, I mean I really thought they were great friends but you see they didn't want to be going out or didn't want me going out if I wasn't going to be drinking because it would kind of, probably because it would highlight their drinking, (laughs) you know what I mean? Um, But, you know, I didn't notice that and it was kind of sad but at the same time I made new friendships and, you know, better, real friendships, you know, and Mm. um, I I was looking at something on TikTok the other day where a girl said, what do you all do if you're not drinking at the weekend? And I'm like, oh my God, I'm so busy, I don't have time, like I don't know how I had time Um, but, you know, the friendships part it was hard and it did hurt a bit but um, I, we actually had nothing in common except the going out part and the drinking part anyway mm. you know when I look back on it and you know it, it is kind of sad but the friendships I've made since I became sober um, are much more powerful and much more meaningful
3: and and in fairness to those you did go and have a drink with there were some who did stay with you and you stayed with them as well
5: yeah well yeah <sighs> well I could
3: probably not even, I'd say two. Yeah, two. right, but there was. So it just showed you that in that circle, the, the and, and I suppose for anybody listening to us today, you may have a circle, a social circle of that, but when it comes to it, there's very few in that social circle, if I could say, that you could depend on.
5: True, and I remember um, when I was in, um, I went to treatment as well here in Wexford, and I remember um, Visitor's Day, I remember every single person that was in there with me, like none of their friends came to visit them. It was family, family mm. that came. Yeah, you know. yeah.
3: And, and uh, you know, uh, since, as you said, you've developed a whole new cohort of friends and and, and a new, what would you say, you know, social scene and life.
5: Oh, totally. Oh, my goodness. And it's funny, if you told me, I remember years ago, I'd see people out walking their dogs and, 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 you know, washing their cars on a Sunday morning. And I'd be like, oh, my God, they are idiots, those people. But now I'm doing that <laughs> <laughs> on Sunday mornings. and Sunday mornings when I'm out walking the dogs. And I'd be looking at them thinking, oh, my God, you know. Or I remember I worked in um, a shop when I was, I think I was 18. And I remember thinking, these strange people would come at seven o'clock in the morning to get their newspaper. And I was like, these people have no life used to come in here at seven in the morning to get a newspaper but actually it was the opposite they were the ones that had the lives <laughs> they were actually out in the back at seven in the morning
3: <laughs> yeah, they were living life to the full you've mentioned yeah. a day in particular when you were with your daughters and they wanted yes. to do something was that a defining moment do you think
5: Oh, absolutely. I remember I had been now I wasn't a I wasn't one of these people that drank every day or anything. Yeah. So just to be aware, you know, for anyone yes. listening, for me I was a real classic binge drinker. I'd be really good, really good mom all week and then it was the weekend uh I, Friday night and then I'd be dying on I suppose, I suppose the older I got as well, like I'm fifty two now. But, you know, it was harder to kind of get over that binge session, you know, and um, I'd have a hangover. And I remember it was a beautiful sunny day and my daughters were seven and two, I think, seven, and maybe one and a half. And I remember it was a beautiful sunny day and I was like, I can't go anywhere. I just There's no way I was getting into a car because I just was so hungover and tired. And that's when I realized that this was not right, you mm. know.
3: Yeah, and now, like, from a distance out, when you look back and, you know, how many 15th anniversary coming up uh, that you're alcohol-free, when you look back and look at people like that, do you miss them or did, did, did did you lose anything from not being around them or how do you feel about all that?
5: Um. No, I don't. I actually don't because, you know, it's funny, even if I'm at an event and um people are drinking or whatever, I don't mind. I can sit in a, in, at a wedding or whatever, but, you know, it just gets messy and I have no interest because they're not going to remember what I'm saying anyway, you know, and I don't miss the conversations. Now I can have real conversations about, you know, how I'm feeling and, you know, solutions I can find things. And, you know, it's it's real advice. It's, you know, and, and sometimes I see people and they be drinking and they're, they're talking Rubbish, you know, a lot of it. And, uh, but I was in the centre of all that, you know, and, and I, was, would have been a, I wouldn't have been, you know, all over centre of attention, but I would have been quietly watching, people watching, you know, and stuff. And I find that even now, I, I, if I see people, it's a lovely sunny day and they're sitting in the pub, I feel sad for them more so. Mm. I don't feel, I feel, oh, they're missing out. They don't realise what they're missing, you know. And it is, it's all learning. And I'm learning about life. I'm learning how, to. it's not even about the drink, to be honest, it's about learning to live in a different way. Like I used to think that if you had a row, the way to do have an argument was to say your little piece and then... Sp- storm out and then slam the door I thought that's how you had an argument but now now I'm able to actually stay there and actually you know stay my case and you know like I don't actually storm out anymore <laughs> <Good> <laughs> yeah.
3: well if you're looking it's the way it's good advice I have to say from you today it's the way to deal with things rather than storming away you'll have to come back in the door at some stage anyway and face the music as they say exactly um, yeah. but you, you know when you you said to me that you still meet up with people and you chat about this do you feel you'll always need a support in a way
5: oh yeah look you can't do this on your own it's not something you can do on your own you need support of people who are also um, sober and in the same situation or a similar situation and you know fellowship is very very important but I think community and fellowship in every area never mind mm. What I, like alcohol, I think is very important. It's like building relationships. It's like me being on this call now with you, Jerry, because, you know, you build relationships through life. You, you build the relationships and the people, and even in business, you know, if people like you, know, like and trust you, they will buy from you. You yeah. know, I'm not going to go to a shop where I, I don't like the person. I'll buy from the person. Who's in the shop, you know, and it's all about people and, you know, support, especially during the pandemic. We saw how important community was, you know, about helping each other. And I think, uh, you know, now a lot of people have lost that community spirit, but fellowship and having people around you who are like minded, whether that's hiking or, you know, kite surfing, whatever it is you're interested in doing, hang out with people who are like minded and you'll have much better fun.
3: And you're having much better fun ever since. Look, drink is a big, and you see it yourself. You know, no matter what way we look at it, you saw it over the St Patrick celebrations. It was mm. even mentioned in the White House about the Irish and drink and that. You know what I mean? It's we're synonymous with us with it. And I enjoy a drink myself, you know, in moderation. Mm. But uh, it, it it annoys me when I hear things like that.
5: Oh, my God, same here. And that's a huge thing. I was involved in Sober St. Patrick's Day, actually, which is a movement in New York. Uh, I was involved in that uh, during the pandemic because they couldn't have their celebrations in real life, obviously, because of the pandemic. So we took it online. So we put it on YouTube and I was the the host of that online. And, you know, I find that if I speak at conferences, because I do speak about LinkedIn and Twitter all over the world, and, you know... The first thing they say is, oh, my God, you're Irish. You must love Guinness. You must love whiskey. And then I spend a whole few minutes explaining, no, I actually don't drink. And, you know, Ireland has a beautiful culture and beautiful people and beautiful scenery. And I love promoting that side of Ireland. And I make sure I do when I'm there so that they don't remember that part, that Irish girl on the stage. They remember the beautiful scenic photograph she put up about Ireland. You know, that's yes. why I try and do that a lot.
3: Well, mm, oh, that gets to me big time, Samantha, when I hear that. And, you know, it's a yeah. reputation, probably you'd have to say that is well earned. But there is a huge... Uh, realization among people that it's not for everybody and there's lots of people who don't partake at all and good luck to everybody yeah. who doesn't and well done to anyone who who can and enjoy it you know now and again and but uh, the excess is is the real difficulty for sure you're great to talk about this because you bring something to the fore that needs to be talked talked about on the other side of things social media how's it going uh, more important than ever to have the presence across the board is there anything new we should be Looking out for while you're with me
5: oh thank you uh, yeah I mean look we have uh, LinkedIn Audio now which is like radio except you can dro- drop into the room and, and join in the conversation so uh, <laughs> you have to watch out for that yeah. um, You know, LinkedIn Audio there's um, short form video is where it's at so you'll see a lot of the you know people using Instagram and TikTok so pe- because it's so popular so if you are in business you know start looking into short form video and start writing what about what you're an expert in when you give value you. When you give value, you will stand out because people are learning from you and they can see that you are the go-to expert because you're talking about it. So, yeah, you know, don't be afraid to put yourself out there. A lot of us are hiding A lot of us are hiding, I think, on social media as well. They're not actually saying, look, I am the best at this, you know, and they shouldn't be afraid to to, to say it. I think we have this culture as well, you know, who does she think she is or she's getting a bit above her station there, you know. (laughs) And it's like, you know, we need to celebrate these people who are out there giving it a shot, you know, and that that kind of annoys me. It's like that other thing annoys you. This this annoys me. You know, It's like if you go out there and you put yourself out there and you you start working hard. I mean, there's so many people not doing anything. So we should be celebrating these people and, and supporting them and, uh, as much as we can.
3: That's another thing that's innate within us as Irish. We, we're not good at blowing our own trumpet. We're not good no. at accepting, you know, praise or anything like that. And it's deep within us as well. And I can understand that from your business background. So LinkedIn audio, short form video, real emerging uh, patterns and trends and vital in the business world.
5: Absolutely. And I love the little tweet that LMFM put on up earlier because I was able to retweet it so that maybe some of my um, community could listen in. So that's exactly what it's about. Yeah,
3: Listen, you're great. Lovely to chat to you today. Thanks so much. And until the next time, Samantha Kelly, check her out. Social media consultant. She's all over the place and a wonderful woman with brilliant knowledge. Thank you for joining me again. Thanks, Jerry. Take care. Bye bye. Lovely friend of ours, Samantha, over the years started off really with the Twitter but has developed immensely since she really, really has. And uh, a topic that's well worth airing, well, well worth airing uh, on a regular basis as well. That uh, image we have the world over, uh, Ireland and alcohol, fine and it's a bit of fun and everything but when you hear people talking about it in the White House on St Patrick's Day, well, I think it's a little bit of a wake-up call for everybody. Shania Twain feel like Feeling like a woman all these years Thank God she's feeling like a woman And she's coming to Dublin soon But she can't go The gig is sold out No tickets available She's so popular still You're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio And I don't mean still in any derogatory sense She's just brilliant isn't she And her wonderful music as well And shows how her popularity has endured Louise I've just shown you a picture mm
4: mm-hmm.
2: And,
3: (laughs) don't laugh in advance. You can laugh when we need to laugh about this. Anyway, for listeners to the show, and I know we've been quite specific here, in Drogheda, there's a place called Peter's Place, St. Peter's Place. It's at the top of Peter Street in Drogheda. And if you... Stood there and looked down. You can see the Tholsal, which is the oh, heart yeah. of the town. Mm-hmm. And if you look across, you you'll now. see Millmount mm-hmm. straight across them as well. You know where I am now? Yes, I know
4: where you are now. And there's big works going on there, big
3: project. He, well, yes. there was, there's been a project going on. What was there was a parking lot. And the entrance to St Peter's Church of Ireland is mm-hmm. there right beside it as well. And anyway, it's an old historic part of Drawada. Anyway, the council have re-engineered the place. There's been works going on there. And they wanted it as a place that people could stop by and sit down. And this is fantastic. This is more of this needed for sure. But the first issue was they built a precast concrete wall, you know what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. round in, in a semicircle round the bo- the bottom part of it. And it just looks like nothing. It's just like a mass concrete block. And people are scratching their heads when this went in. What is this about? I, I, I don't know what the plans look like. Now, I'm speaking a little out of turn here. But anyway, forget about plans or anything. When, I've walked by it a few times and I scratch my head too, unless they're going to do something with the outside and put murals on it and things like that. But anyway, it's sort of, in my opinion, blocks the view. But anyway, you go inside and I showed you a picture. They've put up two mm. sculptures. Would you say that's what they are, two? Two
4: sculptures. Yeah, yeah uh, three sculptures.
3: And Louise looked at the picture and said, tell them what you said when you just looked at the picture. Tell yeah, them he- what you said.
4: I just quickly glanced at the picture and I just thought they were two giraffes. The heads are two giraffes.
3: So Louise believes they're two giraffe heads. <laughs> so that's
4: what they look like.
3: Mm, I'm looking at them.
4: You see where I'm coming from. I do what are see, see they where you're coming
3: be? from. I do actually see where you're coming from now. Very good. What are they meant to so be? So two giraffe heads is Louise's interpretation.
0: Ryan Reynolds here
1: from Mint Mobile.
3: you know what I mean two fish two golf clubs two fish with with a tail on them they've they've little eyes you know what I mean they've they've little eyes on them as well they look like two fish to me I walked by it on Saturday Mm. let me tell you and there were a lot of people around them scratching their heads wondering if they're giraffes or fish or something else or what they are Do
4: we know what they're meant to be? Oh
3: we'll do you can do a bit of yeah. Google or if you want to put a question into this Is
4: that just the pin you know the top of them that I saw because it you just see the the top over yeah. the
3: over the. Oh, oh the you can see them over the wall that's yeah. that's so one they, good thing you can the,
4: Did you, you, can you see, see, them see them in their entirety? You
3: can see them over the Berlin Wall yeah you can um, So what are I they like the, from I, the neck down? Yeah well they're just pillars with oh. pillars with those oh, right. they could be giraffe necks and heads and possibly fish Something else, but anyway, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Interpretation is in the eye of the mm. beholder. I have to say as well, and I, I would say to you, with the amount of people around them, they're certainly a curiosity. You know what mm. I mean? They're, they're get, a they're curiosity. Getting yeah, a friend of mine described them as a the thing. Do you remember the ad? We'll have to dig it out. Do you know? Smash.
4: Mm, with the aliens.
3: Yeah. Yeah. For smash smash. <laughs> <laughs> humans have these potatoes <laughs> they peel them uh, they boil them uh. now they I know why you volunteered for the circus <laughs> smash in the back a friend of mine believes that the alien creatures from the smash ad from years ago that's Probably what right. he describes them as
4: wasn't there newspaper reports <laughs> that the aliens were meant to invade up there a few days ago so maybe
3: uh, has anyone got a view on this or would you like to comment on? It? are you familiar with what we're talking about they've only gone up you know what i mean and of course it's certainly going to be a topic of conversation there's a listener who says what a monstrous a monstrosity it is. I'm waiting two years for repairs to my home, and I've been told on occasion that there's no money available. And then they spend the money on this eyesore. WTF says a listener uh, to us this afternoon. You know, what, what do you think they are? Does anyone know what they are? In your interpretation, we'll find out. We'll, we'll we'll inquire from the channels that put them up there and put them on. <laughs> Looking at the wall. <laughs> Look at the Berlin Wall in front of it. That's all I can describe it as. Like the Berlin Wall. Precast wall. That's called
4: Saint it. Peter's Place, is it? Saint there must Peter's have been Peter's place. They must have been plants put up for the commons.
3: The fish are they placed? No, they're too fat to be placed. <laughs> they're not, not placed, fish. No, they're not. They're not placed. They're not. I think they're fish. Anyway, watch this space. My next guest is an ecologist, environmental policy analyst, and broadcaster. You know her well as presenter of Eco Eye and RTE One, and she produces the wonderful, award-winning Nature File for RTE's Lyric FM and many other radio documentaries as well. Her new book is called Wild Embrace. I'm delighted to. Welcome, Anya Murray, to Late Lunch. Hello, Anya.
0: Hello, it's lovely to be on the show. Thanks for having
3: me on. Not at all. Well done on this one. I want to just ask you this, because you mentioned it in the book, 2011 for you, and look, you're in this business all your life. Then in 2011, you say you reconnected yourself, because uh, to quote you, what is missing is a deeper emotional connection with nature. What happened that you weren't connected? I guess
0: I so I've always been very much keen on nature. Studied environmental science, and then I was working in uh, in the NGO sector in policy and advocacy, and getting very involved in in I guess the intricacies of decision making. So everything from the forestry licensing laws to nature conservation sites to coastal protection and climate change, and that got so so busy and intense over a couple of years. But I wasn't finding my own time to go out and, you know, mm. reconnect with the thing that had set me on that journey in the first place, going out and being in nature and, you know, observing that the swallows arriving back in, in April and May and traipsing through wetlands or, you know, I just hadn't hadn't. I guess nurtured that connection at all Mm. Uh, which is crazy but we all have a tendency to do that when life gets really busy we we forget to to do those things that are important to us and we forget to be out in nature and reconnect
3: and and it is proven isn't it Anya that psychologically and physiology wise it, it is a very important part of the human existence
0: Absolutely. Like we we forget that we did not evolve in urban environments. We evolved in nature. Even our vision is adapted to see red and green um, so that we can kind of pick out berries among the foliage and stuff. Um, And it's so crucial for our mental health that we spend that kind of time in nature. And there have been a number of studies over the last 10 years, like big teams of academics across the world, And to summarise some of the conclusions, there's there's direct benefits for our mental health from even 15 or 20 minutes spent in nature each day or three hours a week. And that means not just maybe sitting in a park, which can be nice too, but really taking up the light, like the dappled light that you you experience when you're under the canopy of a broadleaf tree, the colours, the smells, the tactile, touch, sound, Um, All of these things actually lower our blood pressure quite significantly and our pulse rate and cortisol. Cortisol is the stress hormone and these are found to be significantly reduced when we spend regular time in nature. So there's enormous direct benefits to our mental health
3: oh it's so important to emphasize that what about the trend in ireland today because more of us are sick city slickers or urban livers livers townies if you like to call it you know what i'm talking about you know for people like that most people listening to us today are probably in an urban setting what do you say to people like that you know that maybe haven't got a woodland nearby haven't got a park what do you do to reconnect Yeah, well,
0: there's there's two ways, and I've kind of gone into that in a little bit in the book. There is a chapter in the book, Wild Embrace, about urban nature. So even looking at the foxes that come out at night uh, and thinking about what they do and where they go and how they live, what kind of lives they live, um, mosses are the most incredible little. They have really intricate geometrical patterns, um, lichens, street trees, park trees. There are places in urban environments where we can connect. And even like in in a month or two now, the swifts will be arriving back from Africa. I don't know if you know swifts. They're the most incredible Mm. little bird. They're the fastest bird in the world. And they nest in our our cities and in our towns, uh, in old buildings and stuff. And they're incredible to listen to and to watch on, on a summer evening. So there is lots that we can connect with within our urban environment. But I would also encourage people to... Find one place, one local place that is a little bit wild and that can be, a, you know, a nice riverbank or a woodland that's near the town or somewhere that's, that's accessible and that you can go there regularly and start to, you know, when, when you get to know a place, the more familiar you are, the more wonders. it can become because you're you're seeing things changing throughout the seasons and each time you go you'll notice something new or maybe try and learn some of the names of the wildflowers there or the birds and just to me it's about peeling back the layers in our eyes you know to, to really see to take our head out of our smartphone and our busy thoughts of the day and go somewhere where we can experience nature as it is untamed by us, you know?
3: Yes, and uh, as you say, there are opportunities in city or urban areas. You cover so much in the book, I have to say, from our bird life to the little creatures, hedgerows, the flowers, etc. One thing I wanted to talk to you about was foraging because many moons ago maybe not that many moons ago people went foraging for different things and you say there are over 200 uh, lovelies growing wild in this country that you can search for and i'm just thinking at the moment or very shortly wild garlic will be in abundance won't it
0: that's right yeah and i always laugh instagram goes mad with all the people gathering up their wild garlic <laughs> for their pesto <laughs> yes April. Um, but there are so like for for all of time we as humans have been really connected with our environment through through gathering of food. And even, you know, I know we've had agriculture for for thousands of years, but up until the last generation, one or two generations ago, we were still gathering wild foods for for medicine as well as food. Um, There's a lovely cavern tradition that I have read about and I practice myself, um, gathering up nettles three times during Lent. So nettles are a most amazingly nourishing food. You know, you pluck off the top, the, the, the sprouts at the top of the nettles Uh, and just steam them up or boil them like you would spinach. Uh, And they are full of nutrients. They're really, really good for us. And the the cabin tradition is to take them three times during Lent to cleanse the blood uh, and get us ready for for spring and give that kind of like an energising tonic. Um, But yes, there there is so much. Even I I have friends who used to walk to school in the 60s in Kildare and would pick um, the young hawthorn leaves as they'd walk mm. and call them bread and butter yes. um, now they're I mean they're fine they taste fine they're not very exciting but in the book I have a, a chapter of the kind of the easy things that, that you can spot and learn to identify quite easily my, my I guess highlights of, of foraging Um and yeah, in spring there's lots of spring leaves that are, are really good to eat. And it's kind of fun to go out and, and gather your own food. Make sure you know what you're yes. what you're gathering.
3: Yeah, <laughs> that's very important to emphasise. And you do say that in the book to make sure you know what you're doing. We we last week was National Tree Week and I know you acknowledge her in the book, and Elena was with us last week talking about trees and their importance and you talk about yeah. hedgerows, etc It's a big challenge. It's something we must face and we gotta replace what we've lost and are losing. And that that whole area.
0: Yeah, Ireland has the lowest woodland cover in all of Europe, which is a really shocking situation. You know, we think of ourselves as, as such a, a green, healthy, natural environment here. And we promote ourselves as that too, you know, internationally. Um, and we have such tiny amounts of, of woodland cover. It's about 11%. And then of that, it's less than 2% is native deciduous woodland. Um, so there's a huge amount to be done to to get that back, to in some cases plant up uh, new native woodlands and in some cases just allow woodlands to, to make their own way. You know, trees have an amazing ability to seed themselves uh, and they know what kind of soils and environment they like. And if we can, if we can fence off from grazing animals, you know, deer uh, and sheep and cattle, uh, woodlands will re-establish themselves quite quite readily, and there's of course massive benefits for for water quality, uh, for the aesthetics of the landscape, for wildlife, for biodiversity, and for climate change in allowing real uh, real proper deciduous woodlands to grow.
3: You mentioned the moss there at the beginning, and you know, it's, I, was, I topped my grass yesterday, and my God, after the damp winter and everything, is the moss in the lawn, Anya. And uh, it's a feature of Ireland with our damp, mild climate as well. And some people just have no time for it, but it's part and parcel, isn't it, of what we are? we just got to accept that.
0: Yeah, I mean, Ireland has a really, really humid climate and because of that, we have uh, rainforests in Ireland. We have temperate rainforests uh, and one of the things that uh, characterises the rainforest is lots of growth on the upper branches of trees. So you've got... Ferns draping down off the branches, and you've got these big cushions of moss because they love that kind of humidity and that moisture. So we do have a, a moist environment. And mosses are amazing. Like, they're gorgeous. They're luscious and green and they don't need any work. And a lot of, I think, what we need to do to reconnect with nature, because we are facing a biodiversity crisis, is change our perception. And when we look at a lawn and we get annoyed because there's moss there or dandelions, we just need to look at it differently. Like a, a cultivated, green, perfect lawn um, is such a dull thing. <laughs> we, we, we have the perception that this is what, <laughs> it, what we want, this is our ideal. But if you, if you just shift a little bit and, and let some wildflowers uh, grow in the lawn, you'd be amazed at how many bumblebees and different butterflies and other pollinators will start coming in. And, you
3: know, the whole thing springs to life. Mm, it it does. Our
0: manicured lawn is is a dead zone, <laughs> ecologically speaking.
3: That's true. Even though I love the stripes on it, but I have to agree with you. so sure, the bees love the uh, the uh, dandelions, as you mentioned? It's a food yeah. for them at essential you time know, of the year.
0: A lovely thing you could do, when you, if you like your your nice manicured stripy lawn, is it, it select a small part of it uh and let that grow up wild and even mow mm. a path around it so that it, it looks like you it's yes. intentional uh and experiment one year and don't mow it until maybe maybe June. So there's this thing called No Mow May, which encourages people not to mow the lawn during May and allow a few more wildflowers and and invertebrates to get in there. So try that in a wee patch of your lawn.
3: Yes, I look at it. It's it's something that I I do need to do rather than having it manicured. And I have to counsel, I often give out about the councils, credit the uh, councils here as well. They've uh, allowed, you know, uh, sides of roads and roundabouts and that to wild as well. And it's making a huge difference. That's uh, right. And
0: don't they look gorgeous? yes.
3: Yes, they really do. And may I say something else that looks gorgeous in your book? Who did your illustrations...
0: Uh, Jane Carkill uh, she's a young woman based in County Clare and she does a lot of really beautiful wildlife illustrations and yeah the cover illustration is just so gorgeous isn't it I was delighted oh, with it oh
3: yes and right through the book as well and uh, they're understated but beautiful if you know what I mean they're all in black and white but they're so so lovely and they just add so much may I say uh, to the text as well
0: they do they really bring it to life they're, they're so beautiful and she's chose for each chapter she's chosen a, an animal that I discussed in the chapter
3: yeah she has indeed it fits perfectly just before we finish are you hopeful for the future with all the doom and gloom we're hearing about this little planet we live on and the natural world especially here in Ireland
0: there, there are huge challenges that we have to face I mean things are not good we have lost so much biodiversity over the last 40 years in particular in Ireland as well as everywhere else um, so being hopeful I guess I'm, I'm not kind of passively hopeful I, I think hope is something that we have to actively nurture and cultivate um, by doing proactive, positive things. We, we have to we, yeah, sorry, we have to um, really engage with what's going on and try and address the problems. Um, and then, then I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful to see so many communities around Ireland. We've gotten involved in things like wetland um, rehabilitation or peatland restoration, and um, there's rivers trusts all over Ireland, which are community groups who come together to restore river habitats and I am hopeful about those those initiatives, but we need we need a lot more um yeah and we need some major policy shifts at, at, at government level as well.
3: Indeed we do. Anyway, well done to you. Love what you do on TV, radio and all else besides. And this book is absolutely beautiful. It's called Wild Embrace by Anya Murray. Thank you for joining me today and I wish you good luck with it and everything that you you do. Thank you
0: so much. Thank you so much. It was a joy to speak to you. You too, Anya.
3: Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. That's the wonderful Anya Murray there. Okay, Louise has the answer on the sculpture or the... What do you call them? Are they sculptures? Are they sculpt?
4: I can't find what they're meant to be. But I, I know that they're sculpture, called Inspired to Meet.
3: Inspired to Meet. by
4: uh, stone carver Michael Disley.
3: Right. Inspired to Meet, Michael Disley, are what those uh, sculptures are at the top of uh, Peter Street, St. Peter's Place in Drahada. The, the wall, the wall doesn't fit, does it? It doesn't look the best. Whatever I, the I sculptures kind of are. think
4: it might have been there for to put privacy to people if they're having mm. coffee but it, it no it doesn't
3: really look the part does it? There has to be something done with it you know mm. what I mean there really has anyway different people have different views on it to be honest but there you are that's the answer Michael Disley inspired to me I think it's two fish somebody <laughs> else says it looks like Peppa Pig
4: I love that one it actually does <laughs> somebody says it looks like Peppa Pig yeah
3: I'll go with that one Do you, can you see that in it?
4: yes can you can see you Peppa not?
3: Pig in it? I'm not too sure. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a while since I watched Peppa. I must take a look at it again. (laughs)
4: That could be an excuse to watch it.
3: Could be (laughs) Peppa's head, all right. Yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. could be. Many, many views. They're curiosities. I will say that. I'll give what They are curiosities. But let's get something done with the wall. The walls came down all over the world. Let's get something done with that wall, for the love of God. Something has to be done with it. Anyways, big weekend in the Flynn household because Miss Ava Flynn, my eldest granddaughter, celebrated her birthday. And it is her birthday today. She's eight. She had a wonderful party on Saturday and her little sister Olivia was there and her cousins Pippa and Harry and all her friends from school. Killian, our great friend as well, Sinead's Gillian, they were all there and they had a great party. Then she had a, a breakfast for birthday in uh, her auntie Anna's house yesterday morning. Breakfast, no less. Yes, a lovely one as well. And of course, she was at the circus with us and we went out for something to eat before the circus on Friday night. And I have to say a big thank you to the crew in the Bull and Tide at the Village Hotel who made it extra special. They brought her a little cake with candles for her and they no. all sang happy birthday to her. And she was delighted. She's eight today. Can you believe she's eight? No, She's where those eight years, years gone? old today. Where have those years gone? And herself and all our grandchildren have brought such happiness to our lives and she was the first so she was eight years ago and I know she was at school today and I'm sure she had a great day and she's listening to us now happy birthday Ava from me Mammy and daddy sister Olivia your cousins and all of the family the Flynns and the Kellys have a great one this is for you
0: that i'm dreaming of if you need me you know where
1: i'll be i'll be riding shotgun underneath the heart i feeling like a someone
6: i'll be riding shotgun underneath the heart i
3: feeling like a someone Anya Murray's new book is called Wild Embrace. We were chatting earlier on. She is the presenter of Eco Eye and RT and more. Besides, I did ask you to tell me what type of creature I was talking about. There are varieties called barn, tawny, and short-eared. Yes, they're all owls. And I'm delighted to send that book this evening to Claire Kane. Kiltum near trim in county meath well done to you and thanks to all who got that one right you love your wildlife i know you do and you're very well versed in it too i have to say the inventiveness louise of people out there we just got the most brilliant whatsapp about michael disley's inspired to meet sculptures at the top of peter street saint peter's place in draughty wouldn't sam smith in that What will I describe it as? Outfit he wore recently. Somebody has superimposed it in between the two fish.
4: Yeah. Looks well, though, doesn't it? Looks well. Fits
3: in nicely. You could tell Mr. Smith that that's the best use for that suit he could put to, (laughs) rather than wearing it himself. But people are so clever, aren't they? The wits. The clever, clever people. Well done to you, whoever came up with that one. Anyway, late lunch, about ten past three each day, and we do this.
1: Five, four, three, two, one. Counting down the top five songs from this week of yesteryear. And today, it's... This week in 1991,
3: and it's the number five, of course, on a Monday. We count down five to one from Monday to Friday on the show at this time. 1991, number five, and a song that never made it any higher than number five. It reached the top ten in several European countries. But interestingly, this song was never released in the United States. In fact, I was talking to Eamon, Eamon Doyle, the controller of programmes here this morning, and he actually said to me, I, I can't remember that song. I don't recall it. And neither do I, have to say. Anyway, it's by the Bee Gees, and you'd think we'd know every Bee Gees song, Under the Sun, but not this one. It came uh, from their 19th studio album called High Civilization, and it was the lead single from that album, released on the 18th of February 1991. It's certainly up-tempo and you'll recognise as Bee Gees style, but perhaps the forgotten hit of the Bee Gees. Yes, our number five this week in 1991 is Secret Love. In the middle of the chain reaction. Yeah, it has echoes of chain reaction, hasn't it? Of course, it has. The BGS wrote "Chain Reaction" as well, and you can hear that flowing through that one there. Yes, number five from this week in 1991 on the UK charts. The BGS and Secret Love, four, three, two, one, to come your way over the rest of the week on late launch. Round about this time, Savers. Savers, listen up. You won't believe what I'm about to say. I'm only going to say it once, but I will say it twice when our guest is on in a few moments' time. Yes. Saving rates are on the rise, believe it or not. And the man who knows all about it is with us next, John Lowe, the money doctor. For the first time since August 2007, rates on tax-free saving products provided by the state are rising and have actually risen since yesterday. There have been seven cuts since then. John Lowe, the money doctor, I never thought I'd see the day we would be talking about a little Good news for savers, John.
6: Well, you, you mentioned the word there, little. Uh, yes. Good, good afternoon, Jerry. Yes, it is. 16 years and uh, about time, actually, because there was an awful lot of pressure on the NTMA to up their rates. And they've only done it, though, on three of their products. The National Solidarity Bond is a 10-year bond. Originally, you know, the minimum was like 500 euros, maximum 125,000. i sorry, 120,000, I beg your pardon. Uh, and that is, uh, they were getting 10%. now it's 16% but when you work it out the, uh, the annual return is only 1.5% as opposed to 0.96% mm. so it's still nothing really to be honest to write home about if you gross up that net rate of 1.5 it's 2.24% a year mm. uh, which is by far the best deposit product in the market without a shadow of a doubt the best deposit product but you know when the, the stock market um from 1991 to 2020, the average annual growth in the stock market alone each year was 10.72%. Mm. So you, you have to take swings and roundabouts. The national instalment saving product, that also it's a six-year thing, where yes. you, you save for 12 months and then you leave it alone for five years, and then at the end of five years you get 5.5%. Mm. Uh, and that's up. You know, again it was up point. You know, six three, six three percent, six uh, yeah, six three percent. Um, from the last rate, uh, and the final one then is National Savings Certificate. This is a five-year one, so uh, up to now you are getting three yes. percent net. Now it's uh, 5% has gone to 5. Yeah. So, no change in prize bonds, no change in the national savings bonds. Prize bonds, um, still a record amount of money in that, 4.4 uh, 4 billion. And they give 0. 035 Jerry, back, 0.35% per year. That's $15,400,000 in prizes. Mm. So, the top prize now is 4 by 250,000 quarterly prizes. And then, you know, as I think I said to you before, one, uh, one of my clients who, who, who actually invested half a million when you're good. Uh, said, John, you have no idea the pleasure I get in listening to my letterbox go on a regular basis because uh, she was getting 50s and she had half a million in, in, in prize bonds. So she worked out at that time, um, her net return was 1.4. So grossed up was 2%, which wasn't bad. Yes. When there's no interest on prize bonds, but yep. you know, if you add up all your, yes. your winnings, you, you can work out what what you're getting. Yeah,
3: so it, it is like placing a bet, except for the bet is secure, the capital is secure, and you may win. But and John, you could win. yes, and you could win is right. Is this though the start of maybe perhaps a few more announcements? Uh, you know that this is, as you say, small at
6: the moment, Very but could small.
3: it be you know an indicator of more uh, increases to come?
6: Well, well, Bank of Ireland made a huge huge hoo-ha about their new uh, regular saving uh, rate, which was 0.25, Jerry, before mm-hmm. their tax. And they upped it uh, by actually 200% to 0.75. <laughs> 0.75, that's before their tax you to get 100% uh, at the end of, of a year, you know. Mm. So it, it's not really uh, all of those interest rates. It depends. I mean, I always say you should have three to six months net annual income in a rainy day fund totally accessible and that accessible could be in the credit union where they give no interest whatsoever uh, especially on, on, on members' shares. I think some of the credit unions are all independent. They might give a little bit of interest on, you know, held fixed uh, terms mm. for investments but then you've got, um, you, know, uh, the, uh, the, you know, the post office they're, they're the same like it's minimal what they give for just an ordinary uh, unpost, um account. Yes. Uh, but it's the safety uh, that you want. Don't forget the, the uh, deposit protection scheme is still a lot of people uh, being, you know, emailing me, texting me and calling me about the uh, Silicon Valley collapse and the Credit Suisse uh, the collapse in, in, in Switzerland. But you know, you've got the deposit protection scheme, which is 100,000 per person, per institution in Ireland. So you're guaranteed by the government to, if, if things go pear-shaped, your money is safe up to a hundred thousand.
3: Now, John, I want to ask you about that. So, let's say for an individual, they're guaranteed a hundred thousand wherever they have their money. Credit yep. Union Bank. Yep. Can you have another hundred in these state savings, and it's guaranteed
6: as well? Well, that's outside of this, that's uh, the state. That's outside of the guarantee. That's already guaranteed. Yes, that's government. okay. That's just prize bonds are already guaranteed. Yes, but outside the, the 4. hundred point four billion, there's a record amount of money in the prize bonds. Mm.
3: Now, John, here's a, a little uh, quick for you so the changes are effective from yesterday so let's say somebody posted their renewal or went back into these state savings the ones that have increased last week and posted their letter on thursday or friday and it lands on the desk of uh, the ntma today or tomorrow will they get the new
6: rate they, they, well, they should get the new rate, but it, it just depends on 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 what the. Um, I, I would think they would get the new rate, but I mean, I wouldn't. Uh, you know, I wouldn't be kind of uh, waiting to get back the form and then certainly find that I've got the old race. I would ring them. I would ring them. Yes, I'm sure Antonio Conte is probably ringing them today. <laughs> I'm sure he'll well, it's never what be a great day it is for Tottenham supporters.
3: <laughs> I'm sure he'll never be ringing them I didn't think Louise would get you today I said that man is crying into spilt milk now that mr Conte has left it sparse and yet another manager arrives and let's watch this space but John seriously if, if you were saying to somebody if you po- posted in recent days mm. and you were under the old rates you should give them a call you feel definitely absolutely
6: yes. just in case they they happen to give Old rate because you would have had an old form, yes. All of those forms, like National Solidarity Bond, I think that was last May year or something. The old form is so uh, you know they could just uh, automatically apply the old rate to it, okay. Just in case, just in case there's any ambiguity, bring them,
3: okay. Uh, coming back to the point you mentioned, the bank, they god, they're breaking their hearts in Bank of Ireland, aren't they? 200% rising, it's still 0.75. Do you yeah. think this will force their hands a little?
6: Uh, you know, like with the interest rates, I mean, you know, some of those tracker mortgage holders and ordinary standard variable rate holders, I mean, you talk about crying into their milk. It's scandalous. I mean, some of them are now on, will be shortly on 6% that's a huge hike mm. um, and, and they've gone, you know, huge uh, repayment increases and, uh, you know, while those are huge repayment increases, they are not reflected in deposit rates, which is really unfair on those that have a few poppins yes. in those and, and are, are, you know, waiting on on kind of increases in the interest rates and they're not coming. And they're certainly not coming in any, any you know, uh, amount. You know, really they, while they do, won't ever go to the same degree as the rises in mortgage rates but you would expect at least some some half a percent for instance yes there's a about a three or three and a half percent rise now in the ecb rate and you're looking at half a percent increase in one particular product
3: Mm. so the stock markets you're still the biggest fan of the biggest returns are to be had there despite the ups and downs
6: so even this year alone jerry even with the war in ukraine and last year was a pretty bad year uh, but sustained by growth on previous year but this year it's already up about five percent so i mean that's with the war ongoing in ukraine yes um but you know it's so volatile and um i mean the the diversification is really the buzzword you know you need to Mm. you know keep your your money in different pots, different things, you know, wine investment, for instance, you know, rock and roll memorabilia, uh, art, all of these things, even your own business, Um, or doing up your own house, because you'll uh, enhance the value. All of those things are are part of a a balanced portfolio, even gold. Gold is your your standard hedge. If all things fail in the world, if things go nuclear, for instance, um, you'll be back to the basics, you know, you'll be going down, looking looking for a haircut and bringing a a, a pig with you to barter with the... the, (laughs) (laughs) with the hairdresser
3: anyway I have to finish by saying I hope Tottenham don't appoint another pig in a poke we'll leave it at that for today John lovely to talk to you
6: thank you (laughs) Take care
3: yourself bye bye John Lowe the money doctor there check him out on money doctors plural that's it on late lunch this Monday afternoon back tomorrow Tuesday with a brand new show and of course we'll have your two on Tuesday and number four in the countdown and lots more besides Eddie Caffrey's coming next with The Drive here on LMFM Radio have a lovely Monday. See you Tuesday. Take care. Bye. The late lunch
6: with Blackstone Motors, Drahida, Dundalk, and Cavan.
5: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus,